really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the long-form version. I'm Don McDonald, along with, I can't believe he's actually here. How's that? Yes, sir. It's Mr. Thomas Seacock. How are you? Yeah. Thank give you. Him, give Thank him a big hand. Thank he you He just much. flew in, and boy, are his arms tired. <laughs> it's not an easy trip from Southern California to here in one morning, I tell you. So, I mean, you literally workout. just flew in. Yeah, I literally did. And well, I heard Alaska is now landing right over there at the, at the Space Needle. <laughs> I have nothing but praise for Payne Field. I'll give you the quick the update here. I landed at 1017. Yeah. Yeah, in the morning. 10, wait, wait, wait. That's an hour and 40 minutes ago. Landed at 10.17, and I was in the car, and I checked my bag, bags, because yeah. I was accompanied by others, and I literally was had the bags, was in the car at 10.29. Now, you tell me. And then, of course, uh, it was the 21-minute uh, drive home. Pretty easy. I want to fly into Payne Field now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the problem is, for you, they don't carry your favored airline yet i don't care well they already said no, actually i already asked the guy and he said no never so sorry they're never going no, to have never it. that's what he said i asked the regional guy once and he said no never no, going to paint never food. not enough gates that was his take oh well that could be a problem yeah how many gates are there i think there's like three <laughs> it's pretty small yeah, there aren't it gonna be like, a lot of flights it feels like flying out of walla walla like 30 uh, years ago or something so it's, you're really while you may say you're never going back to SeaTac. Yeah, that may have been yeah, that's premature because a the, the bit re- hyperbolic. Yeah, because you, you, there's they don't go enough places. Now you can get up and down the West Coast right. relatively easily, but you have to ascribe to the. My wife, by the way, never would have gone along with this flight, but it was the only one today from San Diego to here. She didn't know until the end. She would have to get so up at four in the morning. San Diego. Oh, it just was an early flight. Yeah, Did it, was it nonstop? Nonstop. Yeah, right into wow. Payne Field. Yeah, good deal. Very special. So, for and, all of you on the north side of the region. Indeed. So thank you for having me on and uh, glad to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. It's nice yeah. to have you back. Yeah, thank you. I listened to the podcast from last week and didn't hear a single word that I uttered. So I guess the show sounded pretty no, good. You were not pretty there. Pretty good. Yeah, you were gone. Uh, <laughs> 855-935-TALK is our live on Saturday phone number and our good for you any other time number two. You can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at that number. 855 and you know we actually had callers waiting when you got here i know they must have missed you no i think you said something last week so egregious that they've been waiting for a week (laughs) to get back on the air and say wait a minute now i'm gonna set this straight Uh, that's my before we get to other stuff should we just start there no, let's because I we'll get to them okay. here in just a couple minutes. But I, mean, I just because, I saw it on my screen. I thought, hmm, yeah, we I have don't some, know. We have maybe. some really good news today. I think we do. We do about okay. you. Share it. Share well, it with I, us. I, from what I read in the papers, the paper, uh, you all as investors are doing far better. Oh, than, you all. I thought you meant no, me. Not, but I don't all, have you any great all. news about you. I really we really haven't chatted that much. So I uh, no. Well, you were at Disneyland. And I didn't see your picture at the Reagan Library either. So I will say that the news <laughs> is good. Not there. I know. The news yeah. is good about people and investing, especially compared to the so called experts. You mean you mean the great unwashed yes, the masses? That's right. The investing masses. Because it turns out what Wall Street calls the stupid money. Yeah. It turns out you could just use index funds and you you did okay turns out you mean the stupid money's smarter than the smart money yeah that's the line i was looking for thank you so much 
Oh, congratulations, all of you stupid money people. You are beating, and actually, it's true. When you look at the the, the investment results from from hedge funds, you see they're at best mediocre. Generally, These... better than just market like returns. Because if you look at the bet that Warren Buffett made versus the top five, the hedge funds picked their own people to put in there. They lost the bet over a ten year period. Yeah, so they do badly. Actively managed mutual funds generally do not outperform. Uh, I mean, occasionally they get lucky, apparently, and they outperform. So just dumb money. The dumb money is smarter money. I am so excited for all of us. Yeah, indeed, because we've been telling you for a long time that just using index mutual funds is probably okay. And, you know, to that point, um, Paul Merriman had a great column at Market Watch recently. Our good friend Paul Uh-oh, Merriman. Oh, what, what did he have to say at uh, Market He did Watch. one of those. No, he did one of those. Those I love them where, where you say, here is a person back in 1974 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and this woman is putting $83 a month away. In the S&P 500. Which you probably could have done in the mid-70s. Yeah. Yeah, so he's outrageous. telling this narrative mm-hmm. about how poorly she did right out of the gate. And, and yet she, tough time. Stu- she stuck it out. She stuck it out through 73, 74, 75. And then in the 80s, she started making good money. Not great money, but good money. And then in the 90s, she made great money. And then in the 2000s, she made no money. And she probably would have panicked out, but she stuck with it. And by the time she got to today, she had over a million dollars, like a million seven from her thousand a month. 855-935-TALK is our number. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. It may not be the sexiest website in the world, but it's your one-stop shop for real money information. TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Okay, now that I'm not so rushed, here's Paul Merriman's little story. This is great. Young woman started in 1970. 70. Hi- yeah. Hypothetical young woman. Okay. $83.33 a month. So that's like a, a dollars a year. Exactly. Yeah, okay. $1,000 yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. She did it every year like clockwork. Yep. Just put the money in. That's it. Boom. Put it in there. Yep. In the 70s, she put in $11,465. Yep. By the end, she had well, Wait a minute, 16, I thought you said she was putting 1000 in a year. I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Paul's Screw thing. math, because wouldn't know. that be $12,000? But okay, that's fine. Close enough. It says her cumulative investments, 11465 Apparently, we're just ballparking here. That's all right. Paul, <laughs> Paul why is there $500 missing? I, maybe his her fee. Her ending portfolio value. It's his fee. I guess so. It's after fees. I guess so. Uh, her ending portfolio. Yeah, it must be after fees. Right. I, it's got to be after fees because the numbers are a little whacked. Uh, okay, so we got 16000 after the 70s. All right. Okay, so she's at sixteen. Yep. Then in the 80s, she gets up to one hundred and twenty. At the end of the 80s. At the end of the 80s. Run. And she's throwing it's a in good the run. grand a year. Oh, and the grand a year. Yeah. Even better. By the end of the 90s, 30 yeah. years later. Wait, that's 20. Yeah. Uh, she's up to $690,000. Wow. At $80 a month. But wait. But wait. By the end of the 2000s, yeah. she's at $650,000. Ooh, because she's just Oof. in the S&P 500. 
Right. She had a lost decade. She did not have small companies. She didn't have international, all the other stuff you Right. Own. And you know what? She would have made money during the yeah. uh, lost decade That's if she'd true. done that, but yeah. she didn't. But still. She didn't freak out. This is the dumb money. Yeah. This is the epitome of dumb money. Sitting there. She stuck it out yeah. through the 20 teens. Yeah. The and by the end of 2018. Yeah. How much do you think she had? I'll say 1.1 million. 1.8 million. 1.8? 1.8 million dollars. Shows you the power of compounding. Doesn't it though? Yeah. And the power of patience. Yeah, right. You had to wait. There were bad times there. And there were times it scared you to I mean the 70s oh, 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 were horrible. And then and you the had 80s. 80s. Then you had I mean, the, the crash 80s. in 87. The, 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 the aughts were terrible. Yeah, they were horrible, especially for the S&P 2008. Oh. Oh yeah, that's tough. And 1.8. Eight. There you go. Five five nine three five talk. This these numbers are from Paul Merriman. Don't That's call my us. Source. An, uh, yeah, don't call don't us. Call us. <laughs> we'll give you Paul. Call Paul. I'll give you Paul's cell phone number right yeah, now. Yeah, give, give him your his cell phone number. <laughs> call Paul. Eight five five nine three five talk. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. By the way, are we giving away books. I got yeah. a whole big shipment of them. I've oh, started signing. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll give everybody a signed I've copy of your book. I've got this incredibly sure. heavy box of books that I've got to sign. I'm looking at it, going, "That's a lot of books." Uh, 855-935-TALK is our number. Prasad, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Prasad. Welcome to the program. How can we help you? Thank you, guys. I, I really enjoy your podcast. I don't live in the Seattle area, but I uh, get a chance to call call you live. Um, welcome back, uh, Tom. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I enjoy you have fans, that. Tom. Both have. You enjoyed and me both. not being here? Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> The, my question relates to what you guys were talking about, actively managed mutual funds. Um, most of my portfolio is in um, low-cost index funds, but I'm considering a couple of Vanguard actively managed asset allocation funds, particularly um, Wellesley Fund yeah. and Star Fund. Yeah, I know them both. And I wanted yeah. to get your take on, uh, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I, I'm very aware of costs and I control them. Uh, what downsides are there to pursue or to buy those funds? Relative downsides. Funds? You know, I, I have a hard time coming up with downsides. The the funds are ridiculously inexpensive for active funds. You see, you're, you're, what you found are the are the uh, the black swans of active funds. Yeah, they both had good track records. They're both the costs yeah. are relatively low. But that said, I would still, I would still expect over time that Wellesley, which is basically, I think, the S and P five hundred. No, Wellesley's an income fund. It's ma- ma- is it, but it's sixty forty, it, right? Isn't it? Uh, it's, no, it's actually more conservative. I was just going to find the mix on that. Do you know what the uh, the, the stock to bond ratio on that is, Prasad? That, I'm going to I can pull it up right here. What is it? Thirty seven sixty three. Yeah, oh, so it's, it's a forty sixty. It's okay. a reverse. Yeah, okay. it's a reverse. I had that wrong. So, uh, hmm, I would expect over time that if you bought, for example, forty percent in the Vanguard Total World index and 60% in the total bond you'd outperform. But this would be easier. 
Right? I mean, right. And, and it's. And, and, and I have no Wellesley beefs. Here, here's the problem. I have no Wellesley beefs and I have no Star beefs. Yeah, Star because Star is Because Star is a fund of funds. Yep. Star is just a bunch of funds in a fund. And uh, guess, because it, Vanguard has such low fees, the biggest issue we have active management rarely beats passive. Rarely. Or, or it does, does for a short period of time and does not continue. But let me ask you this question. The question I would have is. Why? Why do you want to do this? As you said, you're somebody who's paid attention to costs. You've used index funds, and now you're considering these two funds. How come? Because, you know, the simple answer, uh, Tom, is um, variety. Because I, you know, you, as you as I read financial you know, stuff, there is there's some discussion about where indexes may may turn against us, right? And I don't but know you see, now, Prasad, let me let me interject here just for a minute because what you're reading is the the popular press referring to indexes, and you see, we really need to kind of get away from indexes because we're not big fans of what most people refer to as indexes. We don't want you in the Russell 1000 or the S and P 500 or the Russell 2000. IFA. Right. The portfolios we suggest are like buying Wellesley and Star and uh, the S&P 500 and a Russell 1000 and a Russell 2000 and an international fund all slammed together. If you want variety, you get you can get you can't get much better variety than buying the Vanguard Total World Stock Index and then a bond index fund and the proper ratio for your risk tolerance. And what you're really talking about here is this notion that if the if indexing takes over the world, what's going to happen to the money that I've got in there? Because is it going to be a problem in terms of corporate governance? Is it going to be a problem because there's not much movement of stock prices because everybody's in an index? We're not even close to that yet. I mean, depending on who you believe, it's somewhere around 35% of the money that's in mutual funds that's sort of passive or index style. So we got a long time. So, I mean, if it's just for and, strategy diversification, I could kind of see it. But again, I don't but know. Here's the yet. other thing is that you don't get the you actually when you're trying to add variety, you're not adding variety. For example, with Wellesley, you're only getting 71 stocks. And they are mainly, I'm betting, large U.S. Oh, oh, companies, you want the list? probably pretty yeah. growthy. Let me guess. J.P. Morgan Chase, yeah. Verizon, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, yeah. Cisco. You might have some Amazon in there, too. Maybe a little Apple? No, I don't know. I would be surprised, but okay. Cause no, it tends to be dividend payers, All it right, looks big like. dividend. So, yeah. again, and now, so remember, owning the one fund they have at Vanguard with 8,800 stocks or one that holds 70. That'd be the thing I'd look at. I, exactly. That's the point. Thanks for the call. Be right back. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. I, here's my struggle with this. What you're really what? saying, what you know, when you buy I could it, see you struggling I know, too. Because what you're really saying when you buy an actively managed, okay, yeah, there's some, there's some not currency diversification, there's strategic diversification. I'm not just owning indexes or passive funds. I'm hiring somebody. The only reason right. you're going to do that is you think they're going to outperform the index or there truly is going to be a problem with passive or index investing 
I haven't seen I that don't know how yet, that so. is. Well, one, I don't even know how that's possible if you own the whole market. I mean, the whole market, you're going to own what everybody owns in all the active funds, too. Good point. It's everything. It's not buying the S&P 500. And that's where the argument falls apart is when you take the take it past the S&P 500 or the Russell 1000. Which we know very few of you do. Because we look at so many portfolios. Remember, it's about nine out of every ten dollars invested in the United States today is in the S and P five hundred. Oh my gosh! Yes. So it's uh, you know I just wanted number. to uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, speak with our Seattle listeners who yes. listen live every Saturday, uh-huh. as opposed to being forced <laughs> to listen on a podcast Monday through Friday when we replay this show and I add some other ones. The podcast listeners are making you all look bad. Oh, this is a, this is a little beat down here, huh? Oh yeah. A little challenge I mean, the, the last call, the right. last call was from Atlanta. And the next call is from Michigan. 855-935 talk is our number. Anyone out there from the Seattle area? Sure, let's why go not? To, let's go to Jeff in Michigan. Hi Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff, how yeah, I help am you? a regular podcast listener. So, thank you. That's very good. Uh, thank I'm, you. Great. Thanks. I'm uh, uh, getting ready. It's it's time to do the annual look at my uh, portfolio four, in my 403B plan to rebalance. Uh, okay. I'm probably about six years away from retirement, so I'm gradually moving towards becoming more moderate slash conservative in my investments. You mentioned Paul Merriman and Several years ago, I came across his list of suggested fidelity funds. My my employer offers me either the Fidelity family or the Tia Cref. And because Paul Merriman had this list of 13 different funds, I started off with Fidelity. <laughs> I sent that that sounds like a Paul Merriman list. Yeah, that does. Go ahead, yeah, Jeff. Jeff. It, it, yeah. I compared it to your uh, I compared it to your 401 411 deal and it looks like those same those 13 funds are fitting you know most of the ideal uh, ones you show on your plan so however two months ago and then again recently you've mentioned the two fund strategy for vanguard being changed to for fidelity it can be a three fund plan mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. i continue doing what i've been doing uh do you think or for simplicity, should I move towards that uh, two equity funds and the one bond fund that I, you talked about? I don't about? think it's fun to. I don't think it's fair to ask Tom because really, he and he and Paul Merriman are the same person. <laughs> they're, they're the same. I got the person. thirteen funds right here in my back pocket, <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly, ready to go. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, uh, let me just tell you, the, Paul's thirteen fund solution is actually slightly. It, it does more of what we would like to see you as an investor do. The reason we use a two fund or a three fund on the show is because to tell somebody, one, to, oh, all the funds, and then to tell them regularly, you need to rebalance 13 different positions. It, what we find, what gotcha. we find, Jeff, is very few people will do this. So that's why we went gotcha. to the, why we, Sure. excluding Paul, went to the simpler approach just to get sure, people sure, sure, sure. To, to invest and to make it relatively simple. Would I expect no, over does, time, I would expect over time with his 13 funds that your performance probably would be better. Incre- yeah. It'd be small, it'd be at the edges, but it would be better because you have more small, more value, all those things than you get in just owning right. the two funds. 
may I ask a quick follow-up? Yeah, go ahead. And, hurry. and by the way, I haven't seen his. Uh, I, I just I know who uh, he recently came out with an article about a two-fund strategy. Can we so get we'll you to see. hold? Can we I'll get you to hold a second, out. Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, okay. please. Yeah, well, it's more than a second because this is a news break locally. So stand by for the for the podcast. It's not those when you listen to the podcast, it just goes like this. Whoa, we'll be right back. Oh, we're back. 855-935-TALK is the number. 855-935-8255. Please call. We love talking with you. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you need a little help with your investments? Set up a free, no-obligation appointment with one of our advisors at TalkingRealMoney.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. All right, you dumb money bunnies. Welcome back to the show. I'm Don McDonald. I I'm going to let you say that. Okay. I figured it was appropriate for Easter weekend. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about uh, copywriting that. I'm a dumb, dumb money, money bunny. bunny. A dumb money bunny. So now you're going to want to, in addition to the hats, it. you're going to want to sell bunnies that say dumb on them or something? No, or I'm going to do, I'm going to do dumb bunny bumper stickers. Or oh, something. okay. Man, That's cheaper than bunny. the thousand hats we have sitting around in the closet. We don't have a thousand. Five hundred or whatever have, it is. We have like forty. <laughs> Dumb money bunny. Uh you may you may not know this about Don, but when Don orders something, he orders something. We have magazines sitting around from the late nineties that we still have a thousand <laughs> copies of or something. I don't know. Do we still have all I those we we need to those real investing journals, they're gonna be worth something someday. Yeah, they will be. You'll be gone, yeah. I'll be gone, but I'll they'll be, be worth yeah. something. They're gonna be worth something someday. Those old real investing journals. Oh, yeah. You remember back when they still printed things on paper? Look at this. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. We're talking to Jeff in Michigan, and Jeff had a follow up question about uh, yeah, savings. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Something. Go ahead. Good. Thank, thank, thank you. And and hey, uh, dumb bunny uh, shoe fits. I'll wear it. All right. Off about the dumb money. Uh, one more quick question. I have been really happy with Fidelity, but my employer does allow me to use the Tia uh, Kreff family of funds. Do you have any any advice or strong feeling? Should I give the TF uh, funds a look or just keep doing what I'm doing? Do I don't know enough to know, so honestly. Other? I do. I do. I would just keep doing what you're this doing. It's going to surprise you. Don has an opinion on this. I Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Holiday I, weekend, no, I understand. I, I don't see any so benefit in going to Tia into Tia Kreft funds. I think you're you're as you're in a group that's that's as good as it gets. I mean, it, you know, Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab. If you're with those companies, you're you're doing pretty well. Thanks so much. The you're good, welcome. So thank much. you. You know, by the Thanks way, the, the one call. thing Tia does do well. Yes. I think I have this right. You, if if you have a lousy variable annuity, you can you can exchange it into one of the tias it's very, they have no load inexpensive right. variable they annuities. do they they do so, they have and their fixed annuities are actually yeah. very competitive and they don't have they don't have the high commission yep. surrender charge yeah, thing exactly. going on yeah which is uh, nice so that deal. is a benefit i'm not opposed i'm just saying you're at fidelity you're you're in one of the best places you can be the only question uh, i have at fidelity now is the zero funds which we still don't know enough about it's been very know, mysterious what do they hold? When ETFs came out, I withheld judgment for years. Yeah. For years. I kept saying, not comfortable enough, not comfortable enough, not comfortable enough. I'm not comfortable enough because these Fidelity free funds are emulators. 
They're not buying the index. They're emulating the index. So there's artificial stuff in there that's designed to look like particular equities or futures on it. I mean, all this. uh, I don't know. uh, Stuff makes me nervous. Always has. Me too. 855-93. Anything that's tricky. Anything that seems a little more complex. Because it doesn't fit our dumb bunny approach, man. Exactly. We're the dumb bunny, money, bunny people. (laughs) Funny, dumb bummy. Yeah, I got it. Funny, money, bunnies. I think you may be onto something there. The funny money bunnies. Uh, you know, like click and clack. I don't think, I think you could funny be money I bunnies. I don't think you could be a financial advisor and call yourself <laughs> funny, money. funny money. I, money. I think that's a bad. That's poor branding. I gotta I say. I right know. There, I'm, so. I'm, I'm envisioning images of us with yeah. rabbit ears. I'm. It's the funny Tis money the bunnies. Yeah. Welcome to Funny Money Bunny Radio. That's just go ahead and say that about eight I'm times not fast. Going to, not going to do that. So because <laughs> it'll come out something you don't yeah, want to say on the radio. 855-935-Talk is our phone number. John, you're um next. Welcome to Funny And Bunny he's live Bunny and local. John, how are you? John? Yes, I'm here. I have a two part question for you. Uh Four years ago, the wife and I bought a vacation property. Uh, This last October, we sold the property to buy a better-suited property for us long-term down the beach. So we had about $180,000 capital gain on the property, and when taxes came around this year... I you had to write a big check. Property. I get to write a big check. I thought investing yeah. into another property, foolish me, was uh, would take care of that. Only if you did the exchange. Happened. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah, okay. uh, it, it, so, it has to be like kind. It has to be an exchange, and it has to, or it has to be your primary residence where you can have the, the capital gain step here. up. But uh, right. sorry, it's not, yeah, it's not the primary. So my question is, I have. Uh, I'll be 59 and a half June 1st. I do have about a hundred grand in a Roth IRA um, and a portfolio. They're all in Vanguard uh, portfolio with individual stocks in it. Uh, what would be the best move for me? Am I going to pay penalty on Hang the Hang on. We'll, we'll take this up in a minute here. Yeah, but... the, 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 the complexity uh, increases here slightly. So we've got to go through some options. Uh, go ahead and turn your radio down, too. I think I'm hearing it coming back at us a little. 855-935-TALK is our number. We'll go back to John in a minute, and then we'll talk with you. Tom and Don are talking real money. Would you like to talk to a real investment advisor for free? Set up an appointment at TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And you can talk about your real money issues with us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Actually, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you call during the show, you actually get a copy of Talking Real Money, the book about real money and real investing. And I'll sign one because i got a box of them in the next room. 855-935-TALK. We're talking to John. John sold a vacation home and got surprised by a big capital gain on the property and the tax thereof and i think the question you're asking john is should you take the money from your roth ira to pay the taxes is that right well 
Well, yeah, I have a traditional IRA, no, IRAs with Vanguard, roughly 900 in that, 100 in a Roth, and then I have a stock fund with about just individual stocks that I rolled into a Vanguard account uh, that will cover the taxes I owe. I'm just wondering, is there... I mean, I know I'm going to have to pay capital gains. They're long-term capital gains on the individual stocks. Or if I sell the Roth before 59 and a half, a portion of that, can I pay my taxes with that with no penalty? That makes well, sense. one, I would never, ever, ever touch the retirement money. I mean, that's just, to me, that it's it's got to be sacrosanct. You say you've got the money in another account and it's individual stocks on which you may get another capital gain, but... That's a place I'd, I'd, I'd start draw from there. For... Yeah, I mean, it, th- on the Roth, yes, after you're 59 and a half, you're not going to pay the penalty, which is good, because on the IRA, you would up up to at, and before the 59 and a half, you'd be paying the 10% on top of the tax you're going to pay to take that out as income. So you would not pay that in the Roth. I guess the only caveat I might have here is depending on if this is too complicated because I'd have to look at the position by position on the stock holdings that you might want to do a little bit of both. I'm with Don. I it abhor I find it abhorrent that people want to take money out of their retirement and pay taxes. But if you're going to pay more tax because you got to sell those individual stocks to pay the tax on the real estate, then there may be a reason to do a little bit of both, harvest some of the money from the tax the taxable account and some of the money from the Roth. That might be another way to go. Okay. Um yeah, I was planning on just selling the individual stocks and then paying the capital gains on this year's taxes. Uh, I guess that answers my question. And one other thing, though, what was an exchange? What could I have done different when I bought a, another beach house just down the way that, like I said, is better suited for us long term? But we did have well, a capital a- gain of about 165000 on the previous property. Yeah, there is... Uh, it- it depends on what it, the property is considered. It's a ten thirty one exchange. The idea here is you're simply cha- you're moving your equity from one piece of real estate to another, and the government says, "Okay, you had you got a gain, but you can kick the can down the road to pay us later." But but if I remember, and I'm not an attorney, I don't pretend to be one. I will never do that. It, Thank you. It, it should be an invest. It, are you renting it out? Is it an, an investment property? Uh, no, we never have rented it out. Then that that ten thirty ones ten thirty ones apply to investment property. Okay, so then it would not qualify under that. Yeah, just a plain old second home. Nope, you're just. As far as I know, and again, I this is not my primary area of expertise, but from the many years I've talked about this, I'm pretty sure you just you made it. You made money. Yeah. Congratulations! And oftentimes people complain. Well, yeah, but you did make the money. Right? Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I like making indeed. money, yeah. even if I have to pay taxes on it. I like making the money. Not you know, I'm not greedy, but it's nice to have it. Eight and you, we we pay, we got to pay taxes yep. along the way. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. And Andy, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Andy. Hi. Uh, enjoy your show. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure, thank and you. thank you for listening. I've got a Vanguard account, and uh, within that Vanguard account, I got a 
a rollover IRA that I, from past employer 401ks. It's about $350,000. And I, I don't know, I know at one time it was feasible to roll over um, or transfer or whatever into a Roth IRA. Uh, that money maybe pay some tax now. I anticipate that my income at you know retirement age will be more than uh, a higher a higher bracket than I'm at now. How old are you now, Andy? Forty six. So you're young. I mean, you could do this over several years, mm-hmm. and then you'd want to look very carefully at your tax bracket. You wouldn't want to take money out of the IRA and move it into the Roth and move yourself into a higher bracket because remember everything that comes out of that IRA comes out as income. So if your income is at a certain level and they pushes you to the next bracket, you wouldn't want to do that. And number two, you'd want to make sure you have money in another account, not from the IRA, to pay the taxes. Okay. So you, uh, if I were to, uh, I didn't realize that it was feasible to do it incrementally. Yeah. But if you're saying that it might be feasible to do it incrementally. That might make the most sense. Well, because because you're spreading out what you it 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 requires a little bit of tax pre planning. Yeah, you want to look at what your year is likely to look like, and you want to avoid any event that's because because these are income events; these are not capital gains events. You want to avoid any income event that will kick you into a higher bracket. So you want to do a little pre planning and say, okay, I can put I can take this much out of my traditional IRA and move it to a Roth without kicking myself up a bracket and giving the government another four percent or whatever the amount is. And which I will say now is actually easier with the new tax code in place to read the tax table and to kind of understand that and do some planning. But yes, you could do this Mm -hmm. over several years. The advantage you have is your relative young age. Then all that money is going to grow tax-free. And when you get to retirement, you can have a mix of different sort of pots, for lack of a better expression, to draw from for retirement income. I love that strategy. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I have a Roth IRA as well, and I contribute to that annually. My wife and I do. But I'm kind of at the limit, uh, income-wise, where I'm almost not able to contribute anymore to the Roth. Um, so if I were to incrementally take some of the rollover money, put it into the Roth, would that affect mm-hmm. my the contrib- you know, the contributions, the normal contributions? Would that if it moves uh, your income to a higher yes. level, then yes, yes. And I think the phase out is I think they changed a little bit. It's like 190 something thousand household. Income, once you go above that, you are no longer Roth eligible. You can't make a contribution. Is that adjusted income? Yes. Yes, that's AGI, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay, I guess I have to wait for maybe a down year and then yeah. think about moving some no, of that's a good. No, that's what? a good strategy. In other words, down yeah. income year. Right. You're, yeah. when you're, no, don't play the stock market no, game, but a down income no. year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a gap year when you quit working. And now you don't have income, then you move it that year because you don't have the income. You pay the income tax on that. So that makes sense. Andy, thank you for the the question. By the way, this always gets back to the best way to provide for yourself in retirement. We always talk about saving and the funds and all that. But at the end of the day, most people, most of you listening should be saving to create income when work is no longer providing that. That's what it should be. And this is where it always gets confusing because people think, well, I've been working on picking the right funds and the right stuff. No, that 
you want to have the right asset allocation, correct? But what? Yeah. You what's really, the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal the should ultimate be creating goal retirement is income. To, is to give you a source of income. Indeed. And that's exactly what that class I'm going to tell people about after this break. <laughs> right. You're good. That man. you're teaching on May first. Indeed, we are. In, at, at, and and lunch comes with Woo! it. But I'm not going to give it, away though, the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we got to pay for lunch, but that's all. Tom and Don are talking real money. Download the advisor interview form and find out if your advisor is a fiduciary at talkingrealmoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And on May 1st, because we sold out the class of the week prior and people said, can we have another class? On May 1st, Tom is teaching the science of retirement income two. It's exactly the same class as one, but uh, it's a second one. So there are only six seats available as of this morning. So you need to get those now at TalkingRealMoney.com. This is a lunch ad, a weekday lunch ad, and uh, your, your, your tiny little fee includes your lunch. So go get your tickets right now. Don't miss it. Get it before it sells out at TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.